We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, filling in for Walker Wildman today. It's been a fun week. Thanks for letting me be with you guys all week long and uh, just share some thoughts and comments on things that are happening out there. I really believe in taking a biblical, historical, and constitutional approach to whatever the hot topic of the day is and trying to learn from it and look for what we can do to be salt and light in all those areas. And I just love getting to, to do that with American Family. And, and so thanks for letting me be with you all week long. I'm looking forward to today as well. A lot of hot topics in the news today as well. And then, of course, look forward to talking to you. So if you'd like to call in and be a part of the conversation, you can do that at 888-589-8840. And uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. But, you know, having done the program all week long, I, I, I get a, a good feel for a good team. And when you're listening to the program, you just hear us dancing chickens. You know, you just hear us, us showboats yak at our mouths all, all day long. And you don't see all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. And so I just want to say to American Family Radio and the whole team, you guys are amazing. So Bobby, Richie, everybody on the team, thanks for letting me do this all week long and be a part of this. And everybody that's out there listening, just know you got a big team here at American Family that you need to be praying for because this is the tip of the spear. This is, this is ground zero for saving the country. If we don't bring back a biblical worldview to our country and infuse that and be really truly be salt and light, in our communities, our states, and in our nation, we're going to lose this thing. I, I mean, we got to stop being naive and thinking America's going to be around forever. That's that's a naive approach. And 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 while we, I'm very red, white, and blue, and I, I wave the flag, no doubt, and I love our nation, uh, I also am a realist because I'm a historian, and I, and I look in history and I say, look, it's uh, it's every 250 years. That's typically what it takes for for great nations, empires, all the big ones throughout history to fall uh, and and to d- disintegrate because they they fall from within. And uh, we're, what, four years away from that. So, so folks, we've broken the mold all throughout history. We've done things as a nation, no other nation accomplished. And I believe we can break that mold as well, but only if we get back to some spring training. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're the best athlete in the world, you still get back to the basics every single year. You go back. I don't care if you're playing for the major leagues. You still come to spring training and you do the ground balls and you do all the, you know, basic work in the cage and hitting and everything else that you did in T-ball and high school ball and everything else. You get back to the basics. Freedom's the same way. We have got to come back to those basic fundamental principles. George Mason was one of our our founders. He actually helped to frame the Constitution, was very instrumental, in fact, uh, throughout the Constitutional Convention. He ended up not signing it. It's kind of interesting. He he fought all through the convention for a lot of things that we now have in the Constitution. But at the very end, he said, I'm not signing because you guys refused to end slavery and you refused to put the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. Those were his two big ones. And so he didn't sign, but he he really helped to create it. And, and he's also known as the father of the Bill of Rights because it's his Virginia Declaration of Rights that we based um, uh, that on. So anyway, but George Mason, for us today, what he said uh, was that if you want to enjoy the blessings of liberty, if you want to enjoy a free society, 
that you have to constantly come back to the fundamental principles. You, you've got to have a, a, a regular reminder, if you will, and it's spring training. And, and that's what we do. I mean, that's what we try to get people to do with their families, in their churches, in Sunday school classes, in their schools, to every, every year come back and spend some time studying the Constitution, studying the biblical view of government, and studying how to be a good citizen. That's what will get us back to a place where we can save this nation and restore freedom. And I'm optimistic, honestly, probably more than than most uh, because I get to be around all these amazing young people that we train at Patriot Academy. I forgot to give out my website, by the way, patriotacademy.com. If you're listening uh, first time uh, this week, you're not familiar with me. I'm, I'm Rick Green, uh, America's Constitution Coach. been with David Barton for about 20, woo, 22 years, majoring myself here. Uh, used to be a legislator in Texas and and uh, got on board with David and Wall Builders and and have been speaking for them and hosting David and, and Tim's radio program for 15 years and uh, just blessed to learn at that guy's feet. I'll tell you, that's a walking encyclopedia right there. You talk about somebody that knows the formula and knows uh, how to come back to that spring training. Uh, love that man. Love him. And Tim as well. Just a great, great family. At any rate, that's that's what we do. We, we, we take people back through history and say, here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. Let's do our part as citizens to preserve this thing. And so if you go to PatriotAcademy.com, you'll find the different programs that we do that through. So we've, we've created some really cool ways to learn this stuff and not not just be a boring history class. You know, I hated history in high school and college. I slept through it. It was boring to me. Didn't care about government. It was David Barton that woke me up. I had one of his cassette tapes way back when those were a thing. And, uh, and it just it was for the first time. History was not just memorizing dates and names and places. It was the story. I was looking through the eyes of the people that lived that history. He was, it, it was and is so good at bringing history to life. So I fell in love with it. And then the more I read my Bible, the more I realized God's really into history. I mean, think about how many times in the Bible, remember the former days, remember this. How many times? I mean, even I was just reading Deuteronomy this week. We're going through the, the Founder's Bible this year and, and actually taking people through it one day at a time, six pages. So if you get on any of my social media, you'll see that uh, a daily post on that. But we uh, we're just going into at the beginning of Deuteronomy and and uh, and and they're about to go into the promised land. And so once again, they're having to remember the former days going through all the history. You see that so many times throughout the Bible, even Stephen. I mean, that's what he was doing was given a history lesson and it hacked them off so bad. They stoned him because he's basically saying, here's what God did for us. Here's why Jesus came. I mean, it was uh, history's important. And so I've fallen in love with history ever since then. And we've tried to make it fun and exciting. Uh, we really believe it's it's very much like the lead-in to, to AFA at the core. We really believe in educating people with something they didn't know, giving them hope that these principles really do work, and then giving them the action steps to do something about it. I, I actually call it the E3 formula. You entertain them long enough to get their attention. You educate them with something they didn't know. And then you empower them with action steps where they know they can make a difference and they have something to go out there and do. Those three things together create inspiration and then they'll actually take the action. And that's what we do at Patriot Academy. So check it out, patriotacademy.com and uh, the youth leadership programs. That's where I was going full circle back to what I started with. The reason I'm optimistic is because I get to be around all these kids that have a biblical worldview, that are passionate about the country, that, that have the skills to lead, that are learning how to persuade and how to articulate, and they're learning the foundational principles and how to fight for those things, how to stand up for those things, how to articulate why that's the best way to go. So I get to watch this really remnant that God is raising up. And that's in fact, my kids band, they call it that remnant rising because it, it there is a generation that, it, that God is raising up. I believe to restore these principles of Liberty. I don't think he's done with America. I think there's a lot of great things he's still going to do. 
with our country and, and certainly with some uh, I don't want to get too technical here, but certainly with some pockets of our country. I, I really think there's some places, some special places in this country that are going to become where we the places where we rebuild liberty, where, where we we not start from scratch. I don't mean it like that, but where we we return to those principles and we and, and we have cities and counties and school boards and maybe even entire states uh, and legislatures and governors that return to those principles of liberty and it becomes the old city on a hill. You know, we go back to that 400 year old expression and and we have these places around America where because we return to the principles, the economy flourishes because we return to the principles. People have joy because they get to experience freedom. They're not being micromanaged by government. I, I think the push from government to, to control, I mean, it is such a control factor. If you watch Anthony Fauci this week, still holding on to those masks, man. I mean, he still wants kids wearing masks when everybody can tell that is lunacy. It's causing psychological problems, learning disability problems. It's not helping one iota with regard to, uh, to the the whole you know spreading of the virus. I mean, none of the stuff the government has done, even though they shut down Earth, as my friend Brad Stein likes to say, they shut everything down. It did not help. COVID was going to COVID from the beginning. We said that from the beginning. We had everything we needed to know in terms of the data. When the Diamond Princess um, data came in, we knew exactly what this thing was going to look like. Nothing has changed with regard to that. Nothing they've done has has changed any of that. Yet it created all kinds of pain. All the graduations, the funerals, the the things you didn't get to grieve with family members, you didn't get to celebrate with family members. Just unbelievable the things they took away from the American people over the last two years, and especially the kids. But the mask, I mean, that is, I, I know somebody's going to send some hate my way for this, but I call them mass Nazis because they will not relent. It is a cult religion with them. And their pope, Fauci the fraud, he is Pope Fauci, He's been wrong every step of the way. Everything he's done over the last two years has failed miserably, and yet these people still listen to him. I mean, it's almost like they drank the Kool-Aid. I don't get it. Now, it's a lot fewer people. I saw a News Nation poll, uh, what was it, Wednesday? It might have been Tuesday, but it was this week. Uh, they had a poll that said 70% of Americans no longer trust Fauci on COVID. That's a, that's a really good sign, folks. That's 7 out of 10. 85% don't trust Biden on COVID. Of course not, right? He stood up in his town hall meeting last summer. You will not get the virus if you get the jab. They didn't say it like that, but he said, if you get the vaccine, you will not get the virus. Only, you know, we already knew at that point that people were still getting the virus, even if they got the jab. Oh, well, if you get the booster, you won't get it. Well, oh, no, you still get it if you get the, oh, you get the second booster, third booster. You will not spread the virus if you get the jab. And yet we're spreading the virus to the people that have the jab. You won't go to the hospital if you get more hospitalizations from people that got the jab than those who, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's just, so people don't trust them anymore. That's a good thing. We're finally waking up, starting to use some deductive reasoning skills. And I think the nation is wising up and realizing these people have never been about the science. They've only been, well, well, they have, but it's not been science science. It's been political science. In other words, all they cared about was the polling, the political numbers. Um, they thought, you know, they were doing what would make them popular. It's what Greg Abbott did in Texas, why he shut down Texas, even though we're a conservative state, because he thought that would help him run for president in a few years. Turns out it wasn't popular in Texas. And now he's got a tough primary in the next few weeks and has gotten zero percent at CPAC and these other conventions of conservatives when they you know, uh, said who they would vote for for president. So it's turned out not to be as popular as they hoped. But boy, you know, <laughs> you know how much the polling has changed. When now, all of a sudden, in a matter of just a few days, Democrat governor after Democrat governor 
has has reversed and said no more mask mandates. Now, some of them are still making this one doesn't make sense. They're still making the kids wear the mask, but they're saying the adults don't have to. And it should have infuriated you to watch, which I didn't watch the, the Super Bowl because I'm, I think they're spoiled brats and I don't watch any of those professional sports anymore, except the UFC. That's the one I still watch. Uh, but these these this football game Sunday, I saw all the all the pictures on social media and the and the videos of all everybody there, seventy thousand people, nobody masked, nobody. We don't have hospitals filled after that. We don't have hospitals filled after all these truckers crammed into you know confined spaces in in Canada for three weeks. We don't see their hospitals filled up. I mean, the science is being proven right before our eyes. But even while all these adults and celebrities and politicians went without a mask, the very next day and all throughout this week. Those little kids are still having to mask all day long. They're still having to go without seeing the smiles of their classmates. They're still having to go without being able to smile at their classmates and their teacher or be able to understand people. It's just it's just infuriating, and it's evil, and it's wrong. And I'm telling you, these petty tyrants, they're finally having to lift their boot off the neck of their constituents because the polling is so bad. According to some Democrat strategists, they're saying it's absolutely going to destroy the Democrat Party, that they're going to get wiped out out because of what they've done with this COVID overreaction. And it's so important for all of us to remember all of the jobs that were lost, all of the people that in despair committed suicide, that went back to drug addiction, domestic abuse, all of the negatives that people blame on COVID. It's not because of the virus that any of that stuff happened. It's because of the government overreaction to the virus. It's because of the effort to use the virus to turn America into a totalitarian state. That's what caused all the pain. Viruses have always caused pain. We've always caused death. We've dealt with this kind of thing throughout history, and it's been far, far worse than COVID. COVID was 125th of Spanish flu in terms of a, of a death rate. In other words, 25 times more people died as a result of getting Spanish flu than they would have if they got COVID. The, the, the death rate was far worse, and the kids were dying. It was way worse. Swine flu, all these different, we've dealt with all this stuff. And we've never had this kind of overreaction by the government. So that pain and that cost should be borne now, not by the people that had the boot of government on their neck, but by the politicians that were the ones putting their foot on the neck of the American people. So hold them accountable. Don't forget. Good thing is the dam is breaking. They're finally lifting a lot of these things because the polling is so bad. And uh, we need to make sure that uh, we don't congratulate or thank the politicians that were the same ones that locked us up just because they're finally letting us out of jail and letting us breathe freely and letting our kids go to school. Don't forget who did this to you, folks. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to AFA at the Core. When the wicked rule, the people groan. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security has just released its National Terrorism Advisory Bulletin. In it, the first key factor contributing to the current heightened threat environment was widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspired violent extremist attacks during 2021. You remember that violent attack perpetrated by people who refused to join Anthony Fauci and the Branch Covidians, right? Yeah, me neither. Look, our government sucking up to communist China has morphed into it wanting to be China. Political disagreement has officially been deemed by our government as a terror threat. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. After reading bedtime stories with your daughter, have you ever noticed her breathing slow as she falls asleep and find yourself syncing your inhales and exhales to correlate with hers? Turns out synchronizing your actions like breathing and walking are actually pretty common in our personal behaviors. As believers, we have the ability to sync up to the breath of God here on earth. When we recognize the patterns of His blessings in our lives, we feel the need to synchronize with Him. Encourage your girl to be on the lookout for the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, at work in her life this week. Report back as a family what ways God is encouraging you to follow His lead and breathe deeper. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach, former Texas State rep, and uh, thrilled to be with you this afternoon. You can learn more at patriotacademy.com. That's patriotacademy.com. Lots of ways for you to get involved there. We give away our Constitution programs because we want people to get educated on this, and we'll even train you to be a coach. It's actually quite easy. You don't have to know anything about history, law, government, Constitution, any of that. You can learn with your friends and family. We call you the coach because you're the one. You get them in the room. Uh, you get them excited to learn. And all you got to do is hit play. You play those videos and pass out the workbooks and everybody learns together. You learn with them. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing. We've got, oh gosh, over 11,000 Constitution coaches across the country now. And uh, hundreds of thousands of people have gone through the course. It's empowered them, got them active. A bunch of them now have run for school board and city council and gotten on uh, the, in those places. So a lot of good stuff happening out there, folks. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Check it out at patriotacademy.com. And then, of course, we partner with AFA on our youth leadership program as well. They've been a huge supporter of that. And so many of you have probably heard about it. Walker's talked about it on the program. Uh, but our youth programs are coming up. They, we do them in the summer. They, they are all over the nation. We do a uh, basically take over capital for the week and, and bring young people in 16 to 25. That's our age range, 16 to 25. So think about high school juniors and seniors, college students, law students, um, they come in and they live the life of a legislator for the week and they they pass legislation. We teach them how to debate. We teach them how to 
analyze legislation. We look at everything through the lift principles, limited government, individual liberties, free enterprise, timeless truth. That's the plumb line that we teach them how to measure whether or not a bill is a good idea or a bad idea, whether or not this level of government has authority to even touch that idea. All of those things are taught, speaking skills, you name it. And best of all, I think, is probably the fellowship. These young people get to be around other young people from across the nation that love the Lord, love the Constitution, love our country, want to be a part of the solution. It's a great, great fellowship time. And if I may say, we've had quite a few weddings come out of Patriot Academy. So if you're looking for that perfect spouse for, no, I'm kidding. We're not a dating service, but it has kind of, I've married a few of these kids as a result. So sometimes that, you know, that's enough for parents to say, yeah, I want my kid to go there. Anyway, PatriotAcademy.com. Check it out. PatriotAcademy.com and get your young person uh, ready and signed up for this summer. I forgot to mention where we're going. We're going to, let's see, Arizona. That's our Southwest Academy. So we do that in Phoenix at the Capitol there. Idaho, we do it in Boise. That's our Northwest Academy at the Capitol there in Boise. Uh, we go out to Florida and Tallahassee. That's going to be a big one. If you're, if you're a listener in Florida, by the way, and you live in Florida, we have scholarships available for you. Our partner there, uh, the uh, the guy that runs uh, Florida Family Policy Council, John Stenberger, great, great guy, uh, terrific attorney and just a leader on so many things. Uh, anyway, John uh, has all kinds of scholarships available. So if you're in Florida, you really do need to get online to patriotacademy.com and apply soon so that you can tap into those those scholarship funds. And then in the, we even go to the Northeast. Now, get this. We, we're, we're basically building a, a beachhead, if you will, into the Northeast, which is typically not our territory for patriots these days. Uh, but we do one in Delaware, right there in Joe Biden's backyard. You got it, baby. We're going right uh, into the into the lion's den. And we do one right there in, in Dover, Delaware. Our partner there, also the Family Policy Council uh, lead there, Nicole Tice, who does an amazing job. And you talk about fighting Boy, I mean, she has to fight every day, if you can imagine, in Delaware and uh, does a phenomenal job. But we love raising up a generation that gets it, that's passionate, that's 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 eager to make a difference. And we've been doing that for 20, aging myself again here, 20 years, 20 years of these Patriot Academies across the nation. So get involved in that. Check it out. PatriotAcademy.com. One other quick story and then we'll get to the phones. I, I could not believe I, you know, I am I have such mixed feelings about this new mayor in, in New York because, you know, he's a back to blue guy, he's a, a former police officer, but he's also a liberal. And so he he buys in a lot into a lot of the leftist philosophy. So, you know, one day it's good, one day it's bad. But, you know, mixed bag, I, probably the best we're going to do in New York at this point. In fact, I've, if I were you and I lived in New York, I'd you know be getting in, getting out of Dodge and uh, moving somewhere that's still free. Uh, we've already talked earlier this week about their ridiculous vaccine mandate and the Supreme Court refusing to hear uh, the challenge to that, where they are literally defining your religion for you. And we talked about Mayor Adams firing 1,500 uh, city workers earlier this week for not getting the jab. But here's here's the here's the one that I, w- I want to first encourage the mayor and I want to congratulate him for for realizing uh, he he's really pushed back on this whole defund the police thing. He knows that New York is a mess right now, complete chaos. Because we defunded and demeaned the police, we released thousands of criminals over COVID, put them back on the streets before they had paid their dues. Um, the insanity of not prosecuting crimes, not even prosecuting the crimes, not even going after people <clears throat> that are committing violent crimes. And he gets all that. And so he's been pushing back against that. He is very, very right to back the blue and increase police presence. That's a big part of his his uh, criminal justice reform plan. But here's the challenge. He's gotten distracted by two things. Number one, he's got this myopic, factually inaccurate focus on guns. Folks, 92% of violent crimes do not involve a gun. 92% of violent crimes do not involve a gun. 
So you got 7.9% of violent crimes that actually include a gun. And so he, his is all, it's a typical kind of liberal approach to crime where it's the gun's fault. It's because we have too many guns. Sue the gun manufacturers, all that stuff. That's, that's foolishness. It, whether it's a gun, a bat, a knife, or brute force, the focus should be on the criminal, not the inanimate object. And so I just I hope that that distraction uh, it goes away and that he gets back to focusing on the criminal, not the inanimate object that they use to commit the crime. And then the second distraction is, oh, man, he really got on this racial thing the other day uh, and he started dividing us by race. He bought into that line and, and it's because he didn't he got rejected at the legislature trying to get some stuff through. And and these were this was actually I think it's a black speaker of the House and I uh, forget someone else of color at, at the at the top level that didn't go along with him. So it wasn't a racial thing from their perspective. But, boy, he went after the reporters and he said the only way he could get a fair shake is if the reporter had the same color of skin as him. That the problem was that these newsrooms were too white. I just I just can't believe. I mean, isn't that the definition of race, racism? If, you, if you're saying if you know, I'm a white guy. So if I get up and say I can only get a fair shake if the reporter is white. Or if I'm a black guy and I get up and say, I can only get a fair shake if the reporter is black. I mean, that is racism. So, Mayor Adams, please don't go down that road. Don't divide us by race. Come back to this idea you you started with, which is to unify us with this message of stopping crime. And if he'll do that, if if he'll come back and say, we're going to stop crime in New York, we're going to return this to a place that people want to be, and we don't care what your chosen weapon is or the color of your skin, either the color of the skin of the perp or the color of the skin of the victim. We don't, that's not what matters. What matters is you committed a crime. You're going to have to pay the price for committing that crime. And we're going to make our streets safe again. Mr. Mayor, if you'll do that, you'll be a hero to all of your constituents and the rest of the nation. You can repeat what Rudy Giuliani did in New York when he took over all those, what, what two and a half decades ago, it was the same mess that mayor Adams inherited from de Blasio, this great chaotic situation. And because Giuliani put the you know no broken windows policy in place where they go after you even for jumping the turnstile at the subway um, and they make sure that if you're breaking the law, you know, that that, that stops. And even when it's the little things, they, they the philosophy is if you're breaking the law on those little things, you're probably the same one that's breaking the law on the big things. And and they cleaned up the city and it became a safe place to go again. You could actually go into Central Park and enjoy yourself. So all of that to say, Mayor Adams, man. I'm I'm for you. I'm I'm cheering for you. You've got some great instincts on some of these things. Don't fall for all of this left wing nonsense that distracts from it. Get back to the good stuff. And because we know what happens when we divide by race. Right. I mean, when you when you project as a leader out there that if you're of a certain color skin, you can't get a fair shake. And if you're of another color skin, you have advantages that you shouldn't have. What does that do? That creates division among the people. That's the whole problem with critical race theory. It creates division and hatred. And we saw that this last week with the assassination attempt by another Black Lives Matter, I call them Black Lives Mafia, uh, a person that that, that, that literally tried to kill a politician and then got out on bail. (laughs) I can't believe this. Unbelievable. We're going to, with the January 6th people, oh, you broke a window or you, you know, you did this or you did that. No bail. No seeing anybody for a year, some of them in solitary confinement. The treatment's been awful. And yet this guy tries to kill a politician and he gets out on out on bail. Just just insanity. And and so I I gotta read this tweet and then we'll go to the phones. This is uh this is Allie Beth Stuck. I love Allie. She does such a great job 
Um, she she uh, her, her she sp- spoke in a Patriot Academy for us a couple times, and her dad served in the legislature right after I came out of the legislature in Texas. In fact, I was part of helping to uh, recruit him and support him, and um, so just a great family. And she does a phenomenal phenomenal job. Um, anyway, she said. She said, I don't know, uh, maybe, oh wait, I'm reading it backwards. She said, an attempted assassination of a mayoral candidate, an attack on the Capitol that resulted in the death of an officer, that was uh, last year, a terrorist attack in uh, Waukesha that murdered six people, all perpetrated in the last year by men who espouse black nationalist views. These these are communist views, by the way, if you don't know much about black nationalism. She said, are we going to discuss that? Are we going to at least say what it is? Then she goes on to say, I don't know, maybe constantly identifying and dividing people by race, pitting them against each other was a bad idea. Maybe robbing one race of all moral agency while demonizing other races isn't productive. Maybe exchanging one bad supremacy for the other is wrong. Maybe. (laughs) Allie, you're right on, girl. Way to go. Keep speaking truth. Um, I tell you, folks, we've got why does it, you know, I said biblical perspective. What's the Bible say about this? Neither Jew nor Greek. We're not supposed to see each other by race. We're supposed to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. As Americans, we're supposed to say, hey, red, white, yellow, black or brown. I don't see it that way. You're my fellow American. Let's get back to the dream of MLK. Let's get back to this idea of judging each other based on content, the character, not color of the skin. And what will happen is if we talk like that, if we treat each other like that, if the leaders like Mayor Adams will do that, if the governors and the president and others will do that, the people will learn from that instead of getting up and every speech is a racist. I mean, Joe Biden has called Americans every name in the book with regard to racism. He's called Republicans Jim Crow. Wait a minute. Has he forgotten the Democrats are the ones that did Jim Crow, not the Republicans? It's just so evil and so wrong. And it's made people so on edge and created all of this turmoil in the way back is to start saying, I love you as a fellow American. I love you as a brother or sister in Christ. We may not agree on everything, but I'll fight and die for your right to say what you believe, and you do the same for me, and we can live in this country together. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox, and we'll get to the phones. I was I was a little long on that. All right, let's jump into the phones. I got to know. Okay, this is Pick in Alabama. And Pick, before you ask your question or make your comment, you got to give me some background. You're the, on the name. That's You're the first Pick that I've ever met. I love it. Well, Pick. it's short for Pickens. My ah, great, great, okay. great grandfather was General Pickens. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Pick for Pickens. What part of Got Alabama are you in? Mobile. That's where my mom is from. As I read the Constitution. Oh, really? She's got to be a yeah. wonderful woman then. That's right. That's As right. I read the All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Constitution. I read Article 3, Section 2, and it seems to give Congress the ability to bypass the uh, judicial review. Was that addressed in the the Federalist Papers? Yes. So what what this does, really good question, Pick. And uh, and by the way, hello to my my cousin, uh, Denise in Mobile and, and, and uh, all the other folks in Mobile. But uh, I, I, yeah, so, so you're raising uh, Article 3, Section 2. And, and what it does is, is it gives Congress the power to set the agenda for the courts. In other words, they can decide what gets to go to the courts and what doesn't. So they can take some things off the table. In fact, there's had uh, there's been um, a, a couple of attempts to do this in recent days, or not days, but years, um, where you know you had all these crazy Supreme Court decisions and other court decisions on the Ten Commandments and crosses and all this stuff where they were removing these things and not letting them be in the public square, just foolishness. And so the Congress actually, I think we got we got it through the House, but we never got it through the Senate, where they actually said, "Hey, 
Ten Commandments cases and whether or not that's you know constitutional and violates First Amendment, that's no longer your purview. You don't get to hear cases on that. We're taking it away. What we call it, Pick, is positive exception. And what that means is it's it, it, that Congress takes a, a, a purposeful positive step to accept, meaning remove a subject from the purview of the courts. And there's actually this great decision. Ah, I forget the year. I'm going to blank on the year, but it's it's McArdle is the name of the case. It's like 18, oh, 1870s or 80s. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, but the but the case essentially says the court is so humble, basically, and they say, hey, if Congress takes an issue away from us, our judicial duty is to acknowledge and respect that and not take the case. We're not allowed to review the case. They, they've removed our, our purview. So there was a time when the court recognized that. They don't really recognize it anymore. They think everything is in their purview. Um, they think it's their job to make law. And, and the Federalist Papers, specifically Federalist 78, address this whole issue of what the court should do or shouldn't do. And when it starts making law or executing law and gets out of its lane, which is supposed to be just reviewing law and, and applying the Constitution to that law, uh, that we have everything to fear from our from our court system. And that's where we are. The court has become the end all be all with no limitations. They're unelected. They're unaccountable. Uh, we've got to get back to that accountability. I love your call pick. Thank you for bringing up Article three, Section two. We need to get educated on that. And Congress needs to get educated on that. Congress needs to recognize its power to to rein in the courts. It has the authority to do that, but it's got to use that authority. Great call. My mama will be happy. I don't know if she's listening today, but she will be happy that we talked about Mobile, Alabama, and I'll tell her later if she wasn't listening. Mama, if you're out there, I love you. Okay, second call, or our next call is from Texas. So moving over to my neck of the woods, Virginia in Texas. How are you, Virginia? What's your question or comment today? Oh, thank you. And praise the Lord, I think we're about on the road to Damascus. Hello? Hey, man, it's wake-up time. <laughs> yes, wake-up time. And yes, we should, uh, of course, my children are grown, but families should start teaching their children and families about our Constitution. We teach about the laws. There's nothing about, nothing wrong with teaching about our laws in Bible school. I mean, it's right and wrong. And uh, our churches. And then, but on the... Uh, subject of abortion. This is where teaching and learning should start in the homes and also continue in schools and uh, churches. Yes. That when we make our choices, there's consequences. And with That's consequences, so good. And Virginia, I hate to cut you off, but we got a hard break in just a few seconds. And I just want to acknowledge what you're saying that that the laws of nature, nature's God haven't changed and there's consequences exactly like you're saying there's biblical consequences for whether we choose right or wrong and that's why we've got to teach our children that we've got to bring those moral absolutes back in if we want life liberty the pursuit of happiness we got to have truths starts with we hold these truths to be self-evident back in a moment you're listening to afa at the car (laughs) what we believe about the bible is based on what we believe about its source. The God Who Speaks, the award-winning documentary from the American Family Association, is now available in a special limited edition DVD set. This release includes a Sunday school curriculum and two hours of additional footage. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to get your copy today. 
thegodwhospeaks.org. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, <laughs> marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Have you ever known somebody who didn't seem very likable? Let me tell you about Rahab. She wasn't a wonderful person. She was a prostitute, a liar, a traitor, and she hated God's people. Not the girl you would bring home to introduce to your mother. Something else you should know about Rahab, she was a relative of Jesus. You know, Jesus hangs out with some pretty needy and sinful people. I know that because, well, he hangs out with me and you. He said that he came not for the well people, but the sick ones. And I don't know about you, but that makes this sick, needy, and sinful Christian feel better. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green filling in for Walker Wobbin. I'm America's Constitution coach, former Texas State rep, and founder of Patriot Academy. Check it out at Patriot Academy. Dot com and call in to be a part of the program this afternoon, 888-589-8840. We were talking about all these academies across the country, and um, a good friend, John Stimberger, that runs the one in Florida and runs the Florida Family Policy Council. I think his ears were burning, and uh, and hopefully he's going to call in and, and chat with us a little bit this afternoon. We'll see if he – I know he's got meetings, and I didn't give him any warning, but maybe he'll call in and say howdy to everybody, and we can talk about what's going on in the great state of Florida. But while we're looking for John, how hey, about Rick, we get an let's... update? Oh, we've got we John calling in on our on our, on our listener line. He's like he's like the NSA. <laughs> he has some way of listening to every conversation anywhere in the world. And when the name Stemberger comes up, he tracks it down. John, how you doing, brother? Thanks for calling in, man. John, go ahead, hey, please. Rick, how are you? Hey, buddy. Hey, Rick. So, how are you? Hey, thanks for calling in. We were just talking about you. So uh, your ears were burning, and you figured that out, huh? 
It was all yeah. good. I promise. I wasn't telling any of the bad stories about you. I was only telling the good ones. Yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> hey, happening on your so, end? Well, we're just talking about Patriot Academy coming to Florida and Tallahassee again, and the good work Florida Family Policy Council is doing, scholarships for kids if they if they need them, and how to go to the website and find out more. I forgot to mention, though, your involvement in starting Trail Life. That was one of the things I didn't mention about you, so that's one thing we ought to talk about. But uh, you tell us, what's going on in the great state of Florida? What are the what are the big battles you're involved in on the front lines right now? Well, we are closing in on the enemy, and they are squealing like pigs, literally squealing <laughs> during committee meetings. They're losing right and left, and they're just protesting and disrupting the meetings, attempting to physically and verbally you know, be abusive during the meetings. Uh, but wow. we're passing some great bills protecting parents' rights from the nonsense that's happening whereby schools think they own the kids. They literally think yeah. they own the children and have rights above and over the parents. And so we're clamping down on that with legislation that requires them to notify parents if there's any kind of counseling or any kind of involvement beyond the just the average curriculum. And they're just going nuts over that. You would have thought it was the end of the world. They're talking about, oh, kids are going to die, and it's just absolute nonsense. Um, so John, we're passing you... some really good legislation. You've been on the front lines of these kind of battles for, uh, I'm not going to say how long, because then I'll age both of us, but um, a long time. Uh, you've got to see a different, a shifting in, in very, uh, literally a tectonic plate shifting right now in, in the ground, um, because it seems like the opportunity for parental rights is better than it's been in my lifetime. I mean, are you seeing that on the ground, to, uh, that opportunity, thanks to Loudoun County and all these school boards and it going so far that parents have awakened? Well, you know, James Carville, the Democratic consultant, said years ago when Clinton won, it's the economy, stupid. And now we're saying, look, it's parents' rights and social issues, stupid. Uh, and I think that the pendulum has swung so far to the left, so radically, without any sense of uh, the common good or any sense of the collective wisdom of human history, that we're just seeing a backlash. And we're seeing disengaged mainstream parents, Joe Lunchbucket, we're seeing just soccer moms rise up and say enough and call on the left for what it is. And so I think what we saw in San Francisco where three school board members were unseated by 70% vote margins. I mean, that's in the wow. most liberal city in America. That's, that's a tremor. There's a storm coming, Rick, and it's going to come in November of 2022. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it because all this nonsense is going to come to a halt politically. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, and you know, John, Florida is seen right now as a conservative state uh, because DeSantis has led on a lot of this stuff. And But, but you guys have been a 50-50 state for a while. So do you think that's changing and this gives you a chance to really move in the right direction and, and become a city on, the hill, on a hill for the rest of the country? Well, that's a good point. We were a purple state for quite a while. And even though you know, for years we had more registered Democrats. We were able to elect statewide all Republicans in statewide offices. Uh, we now have a majority. We just achieved a majority of Republicans in terms of voter registration. So that's positive. And, yeah, I think I think that there's a lot of ways in which Florida will become a leader in these things. And hopefully our leader will become the nation's leader someday. Uh, you never know. Man, I'm excited, bro. I'm excited about what's happening there, and 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 it doesn't happen without the years of toiling and 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 you know literally planting the seeds and watering the seeds and all the things 
um, that that folks have done, uh, even the pro-life victories that in, in the big one that we hope we get in, in June from the U.S. Supreme Court, all the pro-life activists that have been at it for decades. Um, there's been a price paid to, to, to bring these principles back. And I think we're about to see some really cool fruit uh, from all of that, all that labor. And you've been at the front of that for a long, long time. I know you've got a, you've got a meeting you're about to step into. I really appreciate you calling in, John. And, and the website, Florida Family, it's flfamily.org for Florida Family Policy Council. You can follow John there and uh, uh, keep up with what's happening. Great, great work, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, Rick. Take care. All right. That's John Stenberger. See, folks, we've got people like that all over the country that have been on the front lines fighting these battles that I believe are like the Esters of today. I'm sorry to call John a woman, but no, he's not a woman. He's a great man of God. Anyway, they're here for such a time as this. They're the men of Issachar. They understand the times and they know what to do. They've been in the trenches all these years, and God's been using that to mold and make and prepare them for this battle right now in the country. I I, I see it not just in John in Florida and Nicole out in in Delaware and all these other leaders that have been fighting for so many uh, for so long, but also you and me, even in our own families and our own experiences, God has, he's just, I love the puzzle pieces that he's been putting together for this incredible, incredible time that we are alive. And I want you to be in the middle of it. I hope that as you listen to these programs, that you start thinking about, okay, what's my job? What's my role? What can I do to make a difference? You know, maybe you're not the head of a policy council in a big state like Florida. Maybe you're you're not a pastor or whatever it might be that you think it takes to make a difference. I'm telling you, God has planted you right where you are to rebuild the wall right where you live. In other words, to bring the foundations back and be the catalyst for a restoration of biblical principles, values, and, 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 and constitutional principles. Um, that's you. You're being called to that. And as you listen today, I hope God puts that on your heart and begins to show you the specific steps you can take. And if you're looking for it, uh, I would say an easy one, an easy step, an easy first step. Sign up at biblicalcitizens.com, biblicalcitizens.com. Totally free. We will train you. We'll give you all the tools for free, and you can start being that catalyst in your community. And it just it's just a matter of creating a time for fellowship with friends and family, watching these videos, learning about what it means to be a biblical citizen in America and then taking action steps in that community. Okay, back to the phones. Let's see, Mike in, uh, in let's see, Mike, where are you? North Carolina. Mike in North Carolina. How you doing, Mike? You there, Mike? Yes. All right, brother. What's your comment or question today? Yes, Rick, I, was, I appreciate everything that everyone on the AFR does, like, people say tell everyone about afr and tell everyone about the lord but i'm a 29 year veteran and i have the view of seeing stuff in my lifetime of air america the way the media has treated us and this covid thing in the vaccines just seemed like a giant live experiment but the thing i wanted to bring out that a comment earlier i heard on the stand is the covid testing kits that people are swabbing and sending back the, the possible data and information collecting that could be done from that, that people are, are innocently not even thinking about when they go into this. And I'll shut up and go away, brother, and thank your mission, and God bless. Oh, thank you, Mike. God bless you, man. I could not do what I'm doing right now this moment if it wasn't for what you did. Thanks for serving, man. It's uh, um we don't give enough honor to those who deserve that honor. Render honor unto whom honor is due. And so, Mike, thank you, man. Appreciate your service. And I appreciate your call, too, because I don't think people do think about that. You know, unless you unless you grew up reading, which you should have, but if you didn't, if you didn't read 1984 and all the other Orwell, you know, Animal Farm or Brave New World or are these books, Fahrenheit 451, 
that that warned of what can happen when the state gets its claws into your data and into your life and into your in, into being able to to, to uh, surveil you. Um, th- then you then you just innocently thought, oh, yeah, this will help me keep up a, uh, with uh, whether or not I can get into the concert or get into the meeting or whatever it might be um, because I had my covid test. Uh, but Mike is right on, man. I I I I can't stand all these apps and all these things that are going to supposedly help you with your health care. I was I was really saddened to see Wonder Woman doing a Gal Gadot doing a commercial for whatever that new gadget is that literally, you know, spies on everybody and and keeps up with your you know your your health records. It's it's a dangerous road, folks. I agree with Mike one hundred percent. I would not be participating in those things if if you if you can avoid it, avoid it. Don't participate in those things. Uh, you don't want uh, uh, the government to have that data on you. Bad stuff. Okay, a uh, few minutes left. Let's get Lee in Kansas. Lee in Kansas. And I saw in Kansas, I think if I understood my text that I got from a buddy of mine in Kansas just a few minutes ago, that that the Kansas committee that has been uh, debating Convention of States voted out Convention of States Uh, And it will now move to the full House of Representatives in Kansas. Folks, this is a victory for the Constitution and restoring our form of federalism. Super, super good news. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, Lee in Kansas, what's your comment or question today? Well, how about Article 3, Section 3, saying that loving war against the United States or adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort? And then uh, I don't have access to the law library, but 18 U.S. Code uh, 2381, Chapter 115, it's a federal treason statute. Why can't that be used to stop all this craziness? And, and and Mike, what what specifically are you referring to in, in terms of craziness? In, in other words, what specific person or or action would would you say that the constitutional uh, clauses on treason applies to? Because <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. I'm just asking which one you're talking about. Against the Constitution, uh, specifically the Federalist Papers Number Seventy Eight, which provides the separation of powers. And uh, now that media and Biden have control over, over that and also against the big power of the unholy trinity of Bill Gates, Fauci, and Big Pharma. So I think— Well, I, I, w- I would say that definitely the unholy trinity of, of big tech and, and government and media ha- has become a major detriment to the country. Now we're seeing these emails come out uh, that, that show that the White House was colluding, uh, that CDC, the CDC was colluding with big tech to control the message. To, to, I mean, it's, it's a, you talk about Orwell. I mentioned uh, the Orwellian, uh, you know, the, the 1984 and Animal Farm and the whole concept of, of government controlling the message. Um, that's exactly what happened. And, and, and the same was silencing you. And so p- for people that thought, well, this is just a private entity silencing me. No, this was government silencing you, which makes it a violation of, of the first amendment. Um, and, and, and an attack on our constitution. I'm not sure you could, I, I don't think that would fit into treason, but it definitely violates the violates the first amendment. And, and I will say, Mike, one part of that clause that, that I was just thinking about last week, as we were reading 
uh, through the Founders Bible and, and getting into the Levitical laws, there's so much of our law and our Constitution that comes from the Old Testament. And even right there in that treason clause that you have to have two witnesses that uh, uh, you know observe the same overt act in order to get a conviction on, on treason or a confession in open court. That's the, the two ways that you can get a conviction of treason. But that comes directly out of the Levitical law with, with requiring two witnesses for essentially murder. It doesn't use the word murder there in, in the Levitical law, but it's essentially murder. And even the differences between murder and manslaughter that we have in our specific criminal statutes, it, it's all so specific right there in the Levit Levitical law. So I, I just think that's so cool to read and watch. It's one reason I really recommend everybody out there, read through the Bible every year. Spend time every day in God's Word, and He's going to speak to you. You're going to see right there in His Word the foundational principles that you need to be implementing in your own life and, 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 and the, in our personal lives, in our family life, but also in our community, in our state, in our nation. The answers are in His Word. If we will get the instruction manual out, God's Word, that's the instruction manual for life, and not just our personal and family life, but our government life, our community life, then we can bring back the, that foundation we've been talking about all day today. We can bring back those principles that produce abundance, that produce joy, that produce prosperity, instead of these principles of tyranny that produce famine, that produce chaos, that produce division. It's our choice. Which do we want to see in our communities? Which, which kind of leaders do we want to have? Somebody called in yesterday and talked about when the righteous rule the people rejoice when the wicked rule, the people groan. That is so, so true. And that's why we have to elect righteous people. So when you get ready to vote in your primary, and I always recommend voting in the primary, not just in November. When you get ready to vote, study those candidates. Make sure they have a fear of God, as Exodus tells us they should have. Make sure they're capable of doing the job and being effective. There's so much that you can do. So know that you are not alone. There are patriots just like you all over the nation that still love the Lord, love the Constitution, still read God's Word. You're not alone. The principles of liberty still work when we work them, and there's something you can do to make sure that we preserve this freedom for the next generation. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. I'm so thankful for getting to spend the week with you and filling in for Walker. Uh, appreciate everybody out there listening to American Family. Now go take action for your family. You've been listening to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.